Well, listeners, we have got an absolute bombshell, no pun intended for this season preview, because I have got two of the single greatest one-eyed Essendon supporters you could possibly have, the hosts of the ever-sensational The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. We have Grant. We have Scott. We're here to talk about Essendon's entry into 2021. Will they be flying high or will it be another year of crash and burn? Gentlemen, welcome to Lace Out. Mate, that's one of the better intros we've ever received in our life. Yep, and, um, face, and face-to-face too is always a good thing too. We've got the cameras on for this one. Oh, no, it's good to see absolutely. you guys. We've been chatting back and forth to get this uh, get this going. And like I've said a number of times, all the different clubs that we've worked with, it has just been awesome to get this podcast community together and just talk about the one thing that we love, which is the great game of AFL football. So, gentlemen, how do you see the Bombers? Tell me about the Bombers. Where are the Bombers right now? Where, 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 where do we start? Where do we start? Scotty, go for it. Well, where do we see the Bombers right now? Well, if we're being very, very blunt. Oh, uh, we're very blunt. We're, we're a club uh, that's pretty much made the call to go backwards a bit to, to hopefully go forwards in the future. So whether we like it or not, we lost four 26-year-olds, which is Joe Danaher, Fantasia, McKenna and Saad. They're probably four in our top ten players, all on talent. So significantly, whether they're on the park regularly or not is another thing. But if you're looking at an overall list, it 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 had to sort of hit home a bit that we need to go to the draft. And and I'm glad we didn't go crazy on trades. I'm just I thought this is the time we're going to have to swallow our pride as a club. Yeah. We, we always have this talk of being the big club and all that, but, hey, we've got to recognise that we've got a, an internal review to do uh, as far as, as how we run a, as a football club. We've got a bit of humbling to do and we're going to go to the draft, pick up some young talent, which we did with seven, eight and nine uh, picks, and I kind of like that direction more, but the reality is we're not going to be a big, big player this year. We might hopefully have a better game style under truck rutten who, who starts his first year but i'm pretty i'm pretty uh relaxed and, and to seeing some kids shine seeing reality hit that that we're not going to win as many games we're not going to we're not going to kick winning scores a lot of the times uh because we just don't have a great forward line so that's the reality uh my co-star will disagree with me big time but that's the reality of the situation but i'm glad we're doing it well, you know what, Scott, I'm going to get into that in a moment because before the big man is about to explode through the through the earbuds <laughs> right now, let's just let's just let's just take a trip on the reality bus time machine and go back into 2020. Okay, so it was a shortened season for the year. You ended up with a, a six and ten run for the year. You did have that draw. You had a percentage of 79.16. Now that's where my big concern lies: is that you can't you couldn't kick a score at all last year, and you've lost potentially two of your best forwards and the third one might have to go down back because his partner in crime might not be seen for the entire year. You end up 13th. You mentioned that you did lose big Joey Danaher, which some people say is a big loss. Some people don't say is a big loss. It depends if you're a glass half full or a glass half empty. You lose Adam Saad. You lose Arazi Horadio Fantasia. You do lose uh, Connor McKenna going 
back home. You do bring in, you do bring in big two meter Peter, but once again, you've got to look at it from the perspective. He wasn't even getting a game at Gold Coast. So was it that he wasn't getting it enough? Couldn't find a spot. Bit hard when you got the big Kingmeister down there. You got Joy Corwell from GWS, which I think is a nice little pickup, and Nick Hine from St Kilda, who I think just wanted a bit of fresh air and just saw the writing might have been on the wall a little bit with what was coming in and jumped across as well too. Bell Chambers is gone. Bagley gets uh, gets uh, let go. Hibbard gets let go. There's a lot of changes going through, and, and I think you're right. You do have to swallow a little bit of humble pie, and let, let's call it for what it is. Essendon supporters aren't very good at eating humble pie. They're very much along the lines of we are good <coughs> and um, nothing can go wrong. Hey, listen, <coughs> you either love Essendon supporters or you hate them. And normally the ones who love Essendon supporters are themselves. Okay. So <laughs> yes. you, you know where I'm coming from with this. You, you know where I'm coming from. No, it, it is it is the way of the world. And the, the people who listen to Lace Out regularly know my feelings towards um, feelings toward Essendon, you know, they've beaten us many, many times, but, you know, they, they'd set the game into disrepute many, many years ago and almost destroyed what was our greatest game by something they may or may not have done. So we could go we could go on for ages, but we're here to talk about the future. But before we get into that, I, I can see there's a little man, there's a man waving his hand at me. Grant, all right, this is your opportunity to and tell us, where do you see things for your club this year? Wow. Okay. Let me firstly address my co-host and best friend of nigh on 40 years. Um, great majority of what Scott said was just a large amount of bollocks. Um, the Essendon Footy Club lost Connor McKenna. We didn't lose Joe Danica because we never had him. Right? We had him for one year. We had the boy fit and on the park and available for one year. So basically we've lost we've lost potentially one of the better forwards in the comp, but he never played for us, so that doesn't matter. Why didn't you get uh, him on the lost- park? That, that's a question that I think I have. Okay. And, and Why this, couldn't you get him on the where, park? Did he not want to get on the park? Is, no, he was injured, dude. He was injured. Um, what we basically did was we stuffed up his injury. So the Essendon Footy Club, I'll, I'll put my hand up for that one, is that – and one of one of the reasons I believe one of the reasons why he left is because um, he had a groin a significant groin um, and we didn't manage it correctly. It took going to the Irish guru, I believe he was um, OS. He went over there, did what he what he needed to do, spent an entire three quarters of a season out again. Um, finally got his groin, what we all believe to be right, mm-hmm. um, and now he could potentially be anything. As a footballer, the guy six foot six jumps out of the gym, capable of anything, right? But losing him from an Essendon point of view means not a lot because we never had him on the park. Um, Connor McKenna is the big one for me. Uh, losing that guy off half back and the run that he gave us um, was a big one. Uh, Arazio again played so sporadically that we lost one good season, one and a half, two good seasons out of the boys. So um, we lost some players. What I, what I do want to say is that Woosha didn't work last year. The extra year extension for Woosha didn't work. Right? So if we're going to go all negative on it, Woosha didn't work last year. We lost some players. We were in a hub and, excuse me, um, we didn't have the continuity that we needed. There was two bulls in the paddock with, um, with Chuck and Woosha and it just didn't work. 
Now then, <laughs> what I can say. I'm loving it. This is what we want to hear. This is what is, this is what everybody is tuned in for today. <laughs> Roger. Now then, this what we've got now is widely regarded as one of the better um, uh, AFL coaches in waiting in uh, Ben Truckrutten. We pinched him from uh, from uh, the Tigers. Then we went out and got Daniel G in Syracuse. Then we got Jai Caldwell. The, the club managed to, and I'm not sure how, the big biggest of big red fire engines in Adrian Dodoro um, <laughs> managed to get pick six, seven, and eight, uh, which turned out to be eight, nine, and ten or whatever it ended up working out to be. Um, but getting pick six, was it Scotty for Danaher? Seven, eight, we nine. Seven, no, but seven, which, which, pick, which pick of that was Danaher? Uh, he ended up being the pick seven, I believe. Cool. So to get pick seven for a bloke that hasn't played more than five games in an entire season is unbelievable. So we went and got pick six, seven, and eight. We got three of the better tools in the entire um, AFL draft. We've got a great head coach. We've got Gene Syracuse coming on. We picked up Caldwell, who can play. Two-meter Peter is um, – the only reason why he wasn't playing in the Gold Coast side is because Max King took his spot. Um, and Max King's going to take anybody's spot, pretty much. Um, so, look, the the whole devastations of last year, and one of the reasons why I disagree with my co-host, is that Truck's got a clear pathway now. He's got the AFL's best assistant coach that's just come over in um, Gian Syracuse. We've picked up young kids. We've got a tall. Yes, our forward line needs some work. Even I'll admit that. Uh, but... Um, We've got uh, some work to do in the forward line, but our back line is uh, solid. Don't worry about anybody seeing Kyle Hooker play forward. The boy's going to play back. Um, he looks about as good as a, a forward as I do. Um, so the whole doom and gloom of uh, season 21 for me ain't there because we've got a fit Heppel come back. We've got um, a very small amount of injuries. Um, get well, Michael Hurley. However, he was going to be playing in the forward line anyway. Um, so the, the doom and gloom for season 21, I don't think is there. We've got a good core of players. We've got young kids that we'll be playing this year. We're not going to make the top five, but we'll be nudging the eight, in my opinion. Probably the guy who gets a lot of criticism is Adrian Doro, right? And and and, and oh. you've got to remember, in 2013, uh, when it's kind of just, a, just a hit the news and, and they're getting investigated – our team in round 18 is playing Hawthorne for top spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually had a we actually had a good list. We and that was a younger list. That that was a uh, Joe Watson just hitting his prime. There were a lot of guys. Hurley. They were they were, they were focused. And then they get told the next week that by the way you're not going to play finals. You've been wiped out. Yes, and the are. whole club goes goes to anything that obviously what happens is suspended for 12 months. And people go, you know, Jaduro didn't create a list. Well, he actually kind of did. Well, you, only could, he, you could only bring in what he could bring in. You didn't have draft picks. You can only, you can only do what yeah. you do. But there were some good, good ones to come out of that. Uh, Tip and Woody was one of the ones that came out of that whole sort of saga. And he's still running around and very, very dangerous as well too. So, look, and that's yeah. the thing is, is that, and that's what I, that's what I love about clubs and their supporters is just the passion that they have for the game as well too. And I, like I said, for every, for every story that says one thing, there's another reason behind it as well too. So I love it, but you did mention something as well too earlier on. And that those, those three magic selections of eight, nine and 10 Nicholas Cox at number eight. 
Then you get Archie Perkins. Apparently, he has got a bit of spunk about him, this kid. Did He's he the new Zach one Reed at after team? five. Pardon? New after five operator at Essendon. He's the new <laughs> top top of the chain as the after five operator at Essendon. Okay, self self appointed or that is official that <laughs> no, he no, no, is. Mate, that was does that his was best work Tommy, after midnight sort of thing. Yeah, Tommy Tommy Bell was the uh, the previous after five champion. Um, he did very well for himself. Let's just leave and it. He, but he got taken off the market and then he retired. And uh, I believe the the banner has been passed passed to young Archie. <laughs> and then you got Josh uh, Josh Air at thirty nine and Cody. Brand, I think it is at 53. So a nice little haul, but yeah, definitely that eight, nine, and 10 made a massive difference for you. Where do you see those kids coming into this year? Are they going to be getting a game early on? What are the what are the reports coming out of the hangar that you've heard so yeah. far? Yeah, yeah. So uh I've actually gone to quite a number of training sessions because I've been curious to see sort of how they're how they're going. Uh, look, it was a very unique draft. So if you go through, say that just our top three guys, right? So if you go through our draft, Nick Cox, a very unusual player. So he's going to, he's played the whole preseason on the wing. So they, Essendon, I think, want to create a, a bit of a unique look and an identity for their team. And it's going to be around some very unique 200 centimetre tools. Now, Nick Cox is 200 centimetres marking, kicks both left and right as, you know, a bit of Darren Jarn about just doesn't know which foot his kicks is his better foot. Mm-hmm. And he's very, very skillful. He won the two-kilometre two kilometer tri- time trial at the club already. So incredible athlete. Uh, but then you got a 10, Zach Reed, who's 202 centimetres uh, and noted as half back, but he's like in the top five time trial as well. Incredibly athletic, very, very skillful footballer. So just watching them at training, it, it is quite a unique look seeing them run around the ground at their height, but in some ways um, got a bit of Dean Cox, got a bit of that mobile midfielder kind of feel to them where they're, where they're so physically gifted um, that I think SM fans are going to be really, really excited. Uh, Archie Perkins is, is, is exactly what we needed. We need a bit of, we needed a bit of um, X factor, X factor, and skill in the side. We just lacked that big time outside of um, uh, Tip and Woody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he brings that. So he he he's uh, he's pretty well built already. So he can, I think he can. He's a kind of guy that could play around one or two straight away. And I think Nick Cox, by my, I got a gut feeling he's 50-50 as well. He's been he played wing against Carlton. Picked up like ten or twelve possessions. Did okay. Kicked a goal. Um, I, I would. I, I reckon he'll play against Geelong this weekend. So look, I think they're. I think they were the smart picks because one thing, if, if Essendon fans who listen to this podcast, one thing they know, <laughs> we're his, we're historically really poor marking around the ground. Like we're just we're just a bit of midgets. Like the Zach Merritt, the you know the McGrath Parish, they're all kind of that kind of Dylan Shield, Adam Saad. Yeah, yeah. you know we, the, the list keeps on exactly. going. So we're so and strangely we decided to have a game plan of kicking out long to contest, which we had no one marking it. So we're I think we're trying to change from what I've seen. We're trying to change it to a bit more possession football with a purpose. But then if we're going to kick it long, getting better numbers, getting Cox, getting Draper to those contests to get a bit more marking presence. And I think that's a smarter approach. So I, I'm liking how we drafted, uh, and I think they're going to be good long-term runs. I, I rate Zach Reed. I know he's not spoke about as much, 
But I've seen about three or four plays just in the preseason where I thought that is an exceptional talent. And I think he's going to go under the radar because he's so skinny, so he might not play the first year. But just remember that name in in in, in a couple of years because I think he is one of the most gifted footballers yep. I've seen on a, on a training track. Well, you were, you, you, were, you were just coming in at around about 65 marks a game, which is ranked 14th in the league. Yeah. So if you've got, if you've got little pocket rockets running around and you're trying to bomb along, good luck because you're not going to be, you're not going to be able to do with it. Waller, um, if I, if I see one more time, people trying to bomb it long to um, Anthony McDonald, to Benwitty <laughs> and expect him to take overhead marks and stuff. It's just, it's a joke. Um, one player I do want to add to that list of draft draftees or both of them, in fact, um, but one kid that I want to, I want to uh, highlight is a left foot, um, stallion of a kid called Josh Air. Mm-hmm. Not a lot, picked 38 or something like that, went through our uh, our NGA program, not as high profile as your Nicholas Cox and the boys, but left foot, got a touch of the Matthew Lloyds about him, and he's my smoky. Uh, he's got a beautiful left boot, kicks it really well. I'm seeing... Um, I'm seeing a change to the the banner at the end of the at Marvel Stadium. Um, there'll be uh, <laughs> as opposed to Lloyd, there'll be E Y R E up there pretty soon. So I know the the club is uh, saving up their money for the huge poster as we speak. Now, just to put context, hold to on this, a second. Just- hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's <laughs> one problem to- with that. <laughs> you actually think that Matthew Lloyd <laughs> is going to allow anybody? You know, you know how the greenies chain themselves to a tree, mm-hmm. he's going to handcuff himself to the banner. No, no one is ever going to get that banner down. It's going ever. to be pretty tough for Lloydie to remain up there as Josh kicks more goals than him. So, look, let's be no, honest. Can I, Chris, let's Chris, let's can be I just, honest. You need the, to the hear, days you need to of hear bags this. are gone, okay? <laughs> when, when people kick four and they classify it as a bag, you know the game is shot. Not this kid. So I'm you, you can see. So you you are telling me now. You are telling me now. I know Grant, you love your team, but you know I don't know if you've taken a ticket on the reality bus. You're telling me this guy's going to kick over 900 goals for Essendon. Yes. Uh, to, hey, Chris, to give Josh you some I, I, take, I, I, I hope you are correct, and I think every Essendon supporter listening to this is hope you are correct as well. But. And look, if, there's if he no kicks more than 300. If he kicks less than 300, <laughs> you know you're never going to live this down. <laughs> there's no coincidence that Josh Air was on the show just recently, and we overpraised him. So <laughs> just just do keep that in mind. That uh, uh, yes, that Grant once he was on the show, Grant labelled him his uh, he's, he's the best player in the history. Oh, now it all so, makes sense now. No, now one of the good no. things one of the good things that you've got going for yourselves is you've got according to once again champion data. So you take this yep. with a grain of salt, almost as good as the AFL's uh, secret sauce when it comes to trade value and uh, free agency values. The 17th hardest draw. So you've actually set yourselves up nicely, which is all right. One of the other things that I was – and you mentioned to you about your age profile. You've only got six people over – or six uh, over and including the age of 28. Now, if you compare that to other yep. clubs like uh, Geelong who are pushing on 12-ish – that's a nice little spot to be. But unfortunately, down the other end, you've you've got, you know, 15 kids who have played less than 10 games, 10 games or less. Yep. So at the top of the food chain, you're probably maybe lacking a couple of the, the older experienced heads, but you can understand there were a couple that left. But then you've got all these young guys that if we throw them into the thrust and cut of AFL football straight away, 
they'll do like a certain team that I'm very, very close to. And those kids are going to get smashed and it could get ugly. So you really need that middle tier to really stay healthy for at least the next year to help these younger kids get through. You can't afford, you can't afford more than maybe four or five of those at the most to, to play senior footy this year. Their bodies are just going to get smashed. The only thing that you see, do you see that, that, that happening or do you think that what you've got in place at the moment, especially for a midfield perspective is going to hold you out moving forward? I I, I find the midfield quite mature to be honest, because uh, I think, I think uh, Shield, Merritt, uh, McGrath, Langford, uh, you're looking at these guys there. I mean, they're, they're pretty, they've been around for four or five years, even Parrish, uh, Devon Smith, uh, these kind of guys. So I think that's the area where we're pretty, you know, I'm not saying we're brilliant at, but we're, we're, we're pretty solid at. And I think Joel Colwell, even though quite young, from what I saw of him in, in training, I look, I, if I'm for anyone who is interested in super coach, from what I've seen of Joel Colwell, I would be putting him on ASAP because yep. He's looked. He's looked in our top two midfielders so far this preseason. This preseason, and he looks. He looks like a very talented guy, and he was a top ten pick the previous year. So, uh, well, actually, two. Sorry, two, two, two or three years ago. So, I, I think there's some. Um, there's no doubt. Like Harrison Jones up forward, right? Obviously, a good talent hasn't played a game yet. So there's no doubt. There's those going to be those instances where we we're going to play kids, but the reality is your expectation has to be somewhat realistic because they've got to be developed. They've got to learn the game. Uh, They're going to have moments where you go, wow. And then they're going to also have moments on strong defenders that are just going to do a number on them. And that's, that's just part of their education. So yeah, you're, you're right. It's, it's going to be a bit of everything uh, this year. And, and you have got a bit of Hollywood Boulevard about yourself because you've got McGrath, Merritt, Parrish, Shiel, Smith, and they all sort of play a very similar type of yeah. type of ball. Like they're not all inside. They're not all outside. They sort of all, it's, it, you know, and there's, there are other clubs who have a similar type of issue. Mine's one of them as well too. They've got a similar type of, we've got all grunts, but we don't have the polish on the outside. You know, you're sort of missing that. Is there, can you see someone outside of that realm that will be that, that class on the outside to deliver it up forward? Because like you said, with the limited limit, with the limited stocks you have down forward, you really need to make sure you got clean ball going into the fifty. Otherwise, it's going to make it a bit of a, a bit of a challenge to, to kick that score. So, is, is there I mean, anything that that's we, where, we don't yeah, know that's about? Where that that's where Cox and Perkins come, will come into play Perfect. Perfect. Uh, because one plays on the wing. One's going to be some polish and X factor, but it's just time. It's just time. Um, but that's that's how they recruited. Can I? Can we? Can we mention someone that I reckon like? If, if this guy doesn't make you smile when you watch him, just a footballer who is exactly that—a footballer. I know man. who you're gonna. I know who you're gonna say. I don't think you do. Oh, Jordan Ridley. Yeah, exactly who I. Is that who I reckon? Say. <laughs> what a gun! He's, he's, like that. When, when I see a guy, twenty-six games. That was his second season. Comes in, wins a BNF at the club. And there's a lot of big names running around in the black and black and red for your for your mob to do what he did up in the hub. Is this guy got future captain written all over him, or is it just me? It, you, he may very well have. I mean, Andy McGrath, I reckon, has got the next captaincy stitched up. Um, but Jordan Ridley is just exactly what you just said. The guy's an AFL footballer every day of the week. 
He knows what he needs to do. He's he's down back. He's made comfortable decisions. Looks like he's been down there for ten years. So one of the great one of the great joys, I reckon, for the selection committee and truck is that you chuck Jordan Ridley down there, and he very rarely gets beat. So there's one position that you can uh, that you can tick off. First magnet on the, the board every week, wouldn't he? Absolutely, and I, and I guess one of the to illustrate a bit more what Scotty said, we and what you said, Chris. We we do have midfielders of roughly the same size. It's uh it's a it's it's one of the things that a lot of people say to me about Adrian Dodoro. They said, Oh, why why didn't he get the big bodied mid? Where's the big bodied mid that we need, right? Now, the mythical big bodied mid is a wonderful thing. And if you can find them at the draft position that the Essendon Footy Club's been giving Adrian Dodoro for the last 15 oh. years, then or get Dunkley. Yeah. Oh, yeah, or get Dunkley like we tried to pinch. <laughs> Um, yeah. If we could do that, then that'd be great. But we, people said, well, we shouldn't have got Smith, Shield, and Saad because they're all, again, the same sort of size. So, but that kind of talent we needed to bring into the club. What we, what we do need is, and one player that I, I think Scotty would agree with me, that we're really looking to have a breakout year this year is Kyle Langford. Um, the kid at the beginning of his career for with Essendon just was the whipping boy. For some strange reason, he'd be in for a week, he'd get, 12 possessions, 18, 15 possessions, and they drop him for three weeks for some weird reason. But it, I think he's he's about six foot three. He's a reasonable sized arrangement. And I think now he's very comfy with regards to how he gets the ball and how he disposes of the ball. So him around the ball is going to be a bit better. Jai Caldwell, even though he is a not exactly a big unit, is an in and under kind of mid. So those guys in and under are going to be able to give it out to the more skillful guys like Shield, who on his day when he gets a, a step is a Ferrari of a bloke. The guy just runs. Um, and Andy McGrath's the same thing. He's got a touch of the Gavin Wanganines about him in that if you get him the ball out of the pack, he's got those rubber hips that you don't end up catching him. So I think our mids are, if we could be sort of pump ourselves up a little bit, our mids Damn. are probably one of our best. Um, elements at the moment. Um, and the kids that we got, the tools that we got, we're not going to do a Jacob Weedering to them. We're not going to chuck them down back and be destroyed by monster forwards. Any of the tools that we bring into this side are probably going to play around half forward or somewhere like that. So um, if, like you said, I agree with what you said, Chris, if we can get those balls in cleanly, um, we can maybe um, spare them from having enormous backmen landing on their heads. Yeah, and look, one of the one of the travesties that you're going to have, unfortunately, is the, is the, is the superstar who's just held up that back line for goodness knows how many years. They're throwing him forward. They're throwing him back. They can't figure out is it salt, is it pepper, is it black, is it white? Fraud. Michael Hurley going down with what he's got, of, you know, football's one thing, but his health is something completely different. I mean, we wish him all the best because, you know, going down with what he's going got down with, and especially so late into the preseason, you can just yeah, see yeah. that's got to be tougher for anybody. So, you know, no, everybody here from Lace Out, uh, from the lunchtime catch-up, and, and everybody listening to this, shouts out to Michael Hurley and, you know, all the best for yourself as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the big questions that I have, and it's about uh, someone who's been at your club for a number of years now. Um, he's known as The Package. And we all know who he is, you know, uh, Mr. Jake Stringer. Pretty average season last year, 10 games, 15 goals, nothing to write home about. Is he ever going to get back to that form that made him so exciting to watch at the Bulldogs? Or have, have, has that time passed him and, and we're just experiencing a, a different type of, excuse the term, Jake Stringer at the Bombers? 
Scotty? Well, look, look, for me, this is an interesting one, right? Uh, um, I still think he's just as talented and I still think he does some amazing things even for us. And he, he's still our best forward right at the moment and he needs to play as many games as possible. I personally, and I've been told off for this, but I more I think about it, I've been told off by players, mums and everything. But, but uh, he's just not presenting himself at 100% fitness come the season starts. And, and he, he keeps having tissue injuries and... And for me, when he was that all Australian, he was he was fit, he was running hard, like he was quick. People forget how quick he was at full fitness. I'm not sure if I've seen that Jake Stringer yet at the Essen Football Club. As talented he is, and he still does some magical things. I actually love watching him play. I personally think, and I'm gonna go out on a limb if I'm gonna to get told off, then so be it, that he has not done his best effort to bring everything out of himself. Um, right. Come preparation time. Is it that? Do you think it's his fitness or is it just a case that he is suffering another AFL player whose form has gone completely downhill due to shit tat syndrome? Shit tat syndrome. I like it a lot. Um, yeah, look, the, 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 Jakey Stringer ain't his younger springtime anymore. Um, that's the other thing too. I think he he's is- been aged – 27 this year. He's 27. Yeah, so I suppose he's getting, it's not hugely old. Still not. It's still he, plenty, of, plenty of games in him. Yeah. And I just think the, the injuries that he's had um, potentially has aged him a little bit more than 27. Um, is he going to be bursting out of packs and kicking goals from outside 50 and stuff like he did at the Dogs? No. But I will agree with Scotty in that he he has he's been, he hasn't presented himself, to put it, politely, he hasn't presented himself in the best Nick. Mm-hmm. And you can see that from a bloke that doesn't present himself in a very good Nick on a daily basis. Um, I can spot it from a mile away. And he does need to get fitter, but there has been the mitigating circumstances of the fact that he's been injured a lot. He's had soft tissue injuries. They've taken ages to come back from. Um, so that maybe a couple of extra crispy creams plus um, a few, uh, um, probably a few um, shit tats. soft tissue injuries <laughs> and shit tats. <laughs> and shit tats uh, means that we haven't seen the best out of Jakey. But having said that, I mean, he's... he's you need him to fire. You, you need him to fire this year. He's still getting his 30 goals. Yeah. 30 when, goals. Out of the, theory, that's going to double his impact from double his output from last year. So you, you definitely hope that. Uh, another yep. guy that I reckon took a massive step, you mentioned him a little bit earlier on, was Darcy Parrish. I think last year was a little bit of a step out season for him. Mm-hmm. It was almost he's still got a, a way to go. Yeah. yeah. He, he's got a bit of the um he's got a bit of the Jack Watts Dick Nat Nui side of thing at the moment because you went Parrish, we went Clayton Oliver. And then when you look at the two, you go yeah. Uh, yeah. but I think last year, out of everything that he's done, I think that he seemed to sort of elevate himself. And I think he did the reverse Samson. So the reverse Samson yeah. is when you, uh, if you've got long hair and you cut it, you play bad. He got rid of that, you know, mop mop sort of look he had, went back to a nice, you know, mid-20s nice cut look. And he actually yeah. started to play like a neat footballer as well too. Yeah, so I was actually pretty impressed by his season. I've been a big critic of him just because of his hair. 
But <laughs> he, he really did step up last year when you needed him. Darcy Parrish for mine. Um, Scotty hit this on the nail on the head a few years ago. Um, I reckon the Essendon Footy Club, if we're speaking honestly, the Essendon Footy Club owes Darcy Parrish a bit screwed of an apology. Him over. Absolutely screwed yeah. this kid over. Okay. They screwed this kid over from, do you want to know the reasons why Clayton Oliver nudged a Brownlow and it's looking good and that sort of stuff? Because they played a midfielder in the bloody midfield. <laughs> Right. Why would you do that? Amazing. Why would you play a play? Why would you play a player Mate. in a position that he's meant to play in? Yeah, Darcy Parrish is. Don't, don't go throwing these radical, radical ideas, radical. mate. There's coaches listening to these podcasts. We don't want to give them any <laughs> no, no, right. you know, ideas that might turn the game for them. Mate, we we when you play this kid, he's a midfielder every day of the week. You play him in the midfield in the saga year, and he averages twenty some odd possessions. Um, but the Essendon Footy Club has, unfortunately, um, I'm not sure why they've done it. Maybe the first season you play a midfielder like that, high half forward, so he gets used to it, or whatever the hell you want to ease him into the game. But they've kept the fourth or fifth year. <laughs> yeah, they've kept playing this kid in the bloody forward line. Now, okay, fine, he does okay down there, but every single time you switch him through the midfield, he's pulling 25s. He looks good. And the kid's a midfielder every day of the week. And surprise, surprise, when you play him in the midfield last year, he has a breakout season, feels comfy, and knows what to do in there. So I'd agree with you, mate. Darcy Parrish this year for me is nudging our starting midfield group. Um, If we've got um, McGrath um, and... um, uh, You've got McGrath, um, Shield. See, that's the thing. I think he was a victim of those guys coming in. Devin Smith coming in, Shield coming, coming in, and obviously Merritt being there as well too. It yeah, just and you, you're made right, it, but pushed him out, and well, we've got to play him somewhere. Where do we play him? Oh, but the annoying forward. part is, is that you wouldn't have you wouldn't have pushed Darcy Parish out of the midfield if you had played him in the midfield for the previous two years. Exactly, exactly right. He's a, he's a gun. He's the leader of our second group of midfields. Is going to probably include Jai Caldwell when we swap we swap over for um, Shield and those kind of guys. So. Um, Darcy, I'm a massive fan of the kid. He's he's in, he's improved by foot, um, and when you play him in the position he's supposed to be played in, he works really well. You might actually get some output from him. All right. Yeah. So, okay, guys, we're going to now start chatting about our sort of uh, insights and our predictions for the year. So, I'm going to throw it open. You can go alternatively. One can ask the answer the question, or you can both have a crack at it. It's totally up to yourselves. But I might start with you on this one, Scotty. So. Yep. What's your what's your biggest you – know, who can you see your biggest improver or where is the improvement going to come from this team? Maybe not just from just from 2020, but maybe 1920 into 21. We've already mentioned that Ben Rutten's going to be one of those Im- improvements. From an yep. on-field perspective, where can you see uh, the Dons taking a step up? Now look, on a positive note, I think we're a lot fitter this preseason. I think Truck's a bit more uh, – uh, Got the guys uh, running a lot more. Uh, it's been more intense off season. Uh, I think the, I think one thing he's done really, really well is he's he's known obviously that there could have been a possible culture issue, and he's done very, very well in getting the guys together. So I know it sounds funny, but off field they've been unbelievable in going to social things together. They're as happy as a group of them I've ever seen and watching them training. And that's going to, I think, flow into better football as well because I think they're going to understand each other more. I think they're playing for each other more. I think the midfield just never really gelled 
um, for me, and I think they're starting to work it out with Carousella yep. uh, and, and that ball movement. I think it's starting to drill home. So I think with the adding of Giles Colwell, and and I think people should not underestimate the impact of Heppel playing that Luke Hodge role at halfback. Yeah, uh, I think I, I think he's a he's a very very um, good leader. He gets a lot of criticism, but. He's voted in unanimously. Like the guys love him. He's I don't very know strong. where the criticism comes from because I look at him and I just see a guy that just wants to play the best just, possible football he can. He bleeds. Lead. He yeah. bleeds. He for bleeds. The club. Yeah. So I don't know whether it's coming because you know I don't hear it. Maybe it's just an internal thing. It I think just, it's. I think it's frustration just being off the park. Just being. I think that's more just. But I think he's going to settle the side and just structure the side a bit more. Like he's a, he's a bit of an on-field coach. Uh, so I, I think uh, I don't know if you've got another question about Smokies, but I've got two Smokies, but I'll, I don't know if that's later on. So I'll, we are uh, going to we're going to have who is a breakout very very shortly, Grant. I can see you, 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 you you're, you're waving your pen at me, going. I've got something to say. <laughs> the improvement for mine is going to come from having a defined and not changing game plan. Now I know truck. Truck is, we've identified him as one of the reasons why we're going to improve, and that's a fabulous thing. Um, but last year, I don't know if any Essendon supporter um, could honestly put their hand on their heart and say what kind of club we were. What was our game plan? What did you stand it, for? What, what, did we stand, what, what did we stand for? What 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 was the plan, right? What was the plan to play? I, can I tell you from um, an outsider's perspective what it was? You look like a club that had a person in charge that really wasn't in charge and you had a person who was sitting under him who wanted to take over but probably didn't get the full reins to it and you were sort of sitting in la-la land. You exactly. might not be 100% wrong there. Um, the, <laughs> the, thing, the improvement for mine is going to be last year it was just Pardon my French, but bomb shit long is all it was, right? It was put it on top of four foot six Waller's head um, <laughs> and just get the ball, boot it long, and just hope and pray that someone like what, uh, Stringer could do some magical piece of play and kick as a goal. What I think this year is is that we've got Truck, Carousella, and all the rest of the um, assistant coaches um, on the same page with what Truck wants to do, and we know what we are. We're not a bomb it long because we don't have Aaron Sandilands down there. We're not a bomb it long kind of club. We're going to be a possess. Well, from what I've seen in the practice matches and the like, we're going to be a club that maintains possession down the field and pinpoints one of our young forwards. That that's where I think the the boys are going to have a lot of improvement. Or you're going to. It's one of the reasons why I have more faith in how we're going to finish at the end of this year than potentially my colleague. Yep. Um, and that is because. We know what we need to do. The boys now have a clear understanding of the game plan and it ain't going to change week to week. So that's why I reckon we're going to see a big improvement. Yeah, you definitely had a lot of changes in and out every week. It was just, it was like spin the wheel, make a deal, Mad Max Thunderdome uh, situation. It was like you had regular changes of four or five every week and uh, that, you, can't, you can't have a settled team on that. You, you just can't do it. Yeah. You just can't do no, it. No, true. That's that's interesting, though. The, the ins and outs are uh, tough, right, and especially if you've got that many. But for mine, it's the game plan that I think isn't going to change. That for me, because the, the players, my opinion, the players didn't know what the hell they were doing last year. They didn't know what they were doing, right? So they yeah. defaulted to bombing long. That's all they they defaulted to bombing long. Now, whether or not that had to be that had uh, um, confusion between Wusher and Truck, Wusher had checked out, whatever had happened, 
Um, but last year we didn't know whether it was Arthur or Martha, um, but I reckon this year Truck has given us a clear game plan on what we need to do, and we practice like that each week. There's going to be the odd change. We might flip hooker forward, hooker back. We might. We never know. We never know more what happened on a on a game day. But I reckon the improvement will come from the likes of Darcy Parrish and, and Kyle Langford, and yep. those guys knowing their roles, and that won't change each week. So look, if that's going to happen. And a lot of the times when guys just bang it forward, a lot of it's panic football because it's just not mm. working. And you know what? Yeah. We'll bang it down, bring it front and center, and we'll see what happens. That's You go back down to under 10s and you'd learn that. So it, regardless if it's lower end, upper end, it's you know, people panic when they haven't got a structure worked out. So hopefully, like, like you said, it's all going to come to fruition. Now, there are going to be some concerns that you're going to have for the year. And I might start with you on this one, uh, Grant. Your concerns – for the club this year, on-field, off-field, anything? I've got one, but I'm going to bring mine in at the end because mine's more of a player rather than from a club perspective. Um, concerns for mine this year, and all jokes aside, um, there are a few at the club, right? And I've uh, even I, the staunchest of Essendon supporters, need to uh, admit and agree with what Scotty said earlier. We have deliberately, I wouldn't say taking a step back with regards to the draft, but we do realise that we need to get some different types of players into the club. There is absolutely no um, mistake as to why we drafted Tolls. Um, we drafted Tolls for a reason. We need to get some of that um, that marking ability around the ground and like. So for mine, the the concern that I have is that we have taken a step back to go forward and the kid, there's a lot of pressure on the kids that we've drafted to be that catalyst to move us forward. Fair so enough. The, Fair enough. The, the catalyst of, of having Heppel down back and that sort of stuff, he's going to do what he's going to do. But I think there's – I hope we don't pull a Jacob Weedering or somebody like that and put Zach Reed down back and Cox up front and say, righto, talented tools, do your talented tool thing, and they get monstered. So yeah. I'm just I'm a little I am I am worried. I must not worried. I, I am interested to see how we manage this phase of is it gonna be a long step back or is it gonna be a short one because we pick up some kids and we pull a Carlton and get Sam Walsh and get some good young kids coming through and then they start to look okay. Yeah, that's a fair point. I reckon maybe a year or two. I think you have to, if you're going to rebuild, and it's not a full rebuild, it's more of a clean out. That's the thing. It's yeah. going to take it's a couple a, of seasons. A little, I think Carlton were, in a, Carlton were in a lot worse position than you guys are. I agree. Yeah, and the you can reality, see is too, yeah. reality is too, a 200-centimetre football of the age of 18 aren't, aren't set yet. I mean, you, when we always talk about Ruckman, they go, you know, they're about age 23, 24 is when they really start to – get their bearings and play some good footy. So knowing that you've drafted three 200 centimetres, uh, guys, you, yeah, just the reality is they're just not going to be physically gifted as yet to yet. to compete every week in, week out. My only concern is it's actually a player and that's David Zaharakis. And I just think, unfortunately, you know, one of the questions I'll launch and, and I'll, I might even bring it forward was, you know, we've spoken about a couple of breakouts earlier on. One of them was who's your breakdown? Who's going to be in there last season? And I just think that the way things are going, Zaharakis could be, it might be his last year. He is 
pushing 31, will be 32 by the time the season kicks in. Uh, he's actually just turned 31, so that's okay. Is he as quick as what he was? No. Is he as crafty as what he was? No. Do you put him half? He's, he's sort of in that no man's land. He's, he's not a forward. He's not a backman. He is a midfielder. But when you're trying to compete against some of the names that we spoke earlier, it's, it's going to be hard for him. That, that was looking, my concern from, from yeah. a player's perspective. Who, who's who's your do – do you have a, a – you know, do you have a, a, a breakdown play that you think could be – will be their last season, regardless if it's free agency, whether it's uh, form, whether it's, you know what, he's just going to retire at the end of the year? I think I think personally me, the Hurley Hooker, Zarakis, yep. all three of them. Now, Hurley's going to be probably uh, taken out of his hands a bit because I, I think he's quite serious what he's got. And I, I hope people very much understand mm-hmm. It's a very, very serious thing that he's got that's as in for the rest of his life rather than anything to do with football now. Um, Hooker has had consistent back issues uh, and is definitely ageing. And you're right, Saharakis, uh, for people who don't know, hasn't been to one session at training this year. He's bo- he, he had surgery in November, coming off a poor year, if we're all being honest. Mm-hmm. His biggest issue is... He's either he's either has a purple patch for four weeks where he gets thirty possessions and gets three goals and looks, but then he'll have a six week period of literally being invisible, and it's probably frustrated so many Essendon fans. And it's it's one thing that you know we've said on our podcasts that we kind of almost put the challenge a little bit to Truck and saying now this club has to pick guys who earn their spot. Like if we get, if you want to change the culture. You have to that. play, guys. You got to do that. If GWS um, so, can drop their captain, which is yes. a statement, that's a that's a statement and a half there. So, you know, he's you know he'll always be known, like I said, Zaharakis for that beautiful finish to the the Anzac Day game many 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 moons ago. Um, but he once again he's been another one that's probably been a little bit maligned over the years and probably hasn't deserved it because he's yeah just busted his nuts as, as much as I think he's actually in all honesty a great servant of the club he's very he loves but you go to any social any you guys he's fantastic. does Essendon so, give life membership after two hundred games yes yeah well he's he's a life member you know anyone so who's a life any, member of an AFL club or any type of club yeah is a servant simple as that too so. Well done to him. Um, by the way, you mentioned Kale Hooker uh, a little bit earlier and you mentioned about backs, etc. Look, I actually think Kale Hooker has never, ever recovered since that uh, travesty at the MCG that night having to chase Buddy Franklin down the wing. <laughs> that, is, that, footage, that footage never gets so, old. Uh, Even you guys would have to laugh at that when you see that. A no-win situation for poor Kale there. He's, uh, I reckon we've all probably been there too. Like if you've been playing footy when you were young, and you'd see the ball scoot out and some, some bloke's gone after it and you think, right, you're mine. And you go chasing him and you think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then he just starts to pull away from you. So you, you kick it up into overdrive. You go, right, you're mine. And then you just can't catch him. Not gonna and lie, you guys. know you're not going to catch him. No, nah, look, I'm not going to lie, guys. I was actually more buddy and everybody was chasing me. 
down at the Coopers well, for I mean, many years. I'm not going to lie about it. Like, you know, nah, look, it's not a big deal. Somebody, somebody has to be the roadrunner and somebody has to be the coyote. All right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Who, who's your breakout? Who's your breakout player for the year? I know you Josh a couple earlier on. So you've gone with Josh Air. <laughs> Seriously, you're getting a man crush. Can I, have you heard the story about Josh Air, by the way, with Tim Watson? Did you hear that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, did hear that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. a cracking story yeah. for anybody Another who didn't hear it. Of coming from great stock. He, he got a – Tim Watson got a text message, didn't know the number, and read it and said, hi, I'm Josh Air. I've just been given the number 32. Uh, I would really appreciate if you could come down to the to the club and present that to me. And mm-hmm. Watson said that in the entire time he's – obviously handed the jumper over, but nobody's ever written that. So I know he was keen to get down there, but I think that could be just a little bit of the, the kids' makeup, but also maybe the culture that what uh, Rutten's trying to bring in as well too. Regardless, awesome story um, and, and one that hopefully comes to fruition because that would be – it'd be nothing better just starting your career by an absolute legend of the AFL club giving your jumper over. Yep. It'd be like me giving over the number six to somebody at East Keeler. <laughs> just make <laughs> so, that I um uh, who breakout so yeah breakout oh sorry no, yeah so breakout. look so with a breakout I'm gonna do three in five seconds and then Go I'll give it. you my main one All right so because I uh, some Essendon fans will be interested is look out one Ned Cahill playing down back very very good free season Nick Hind off half back we played at VFL plays it very well had a ripping preseason uh who have I got now uh Harrison Jones. Mm, Jonesy. Very, very talented forward. He's the number one. He's the number one. And look, just quickly, Alec Waterman, who we just signed <laughs> yesterday. Get him in. Uh, so Sam Draper, by, Sam Draper list. more than Sam yep. Draper more than anyone else. He is going to take a massive leap this year. And when we're talking about there, the Matthew, midfield, you've got a ripper when, there. Yeah, when we're talking about the midfield, we're not actually mentioning him as far as what he's going to add because Bill Chambers was a good servant. Uh, but Sam Draper is what I would say, hopefully in three or four years, what your magical Ruckman does. It took him a long time him, to yeah. get where he is as well too. So, But Draper is, the, Draper is the most passionate, enthusiastic footballer you'll ever see, but he's also got the talent to back it up. And he had his knee two years ago, 12, out for 12 months, came back last year, Already he was taking big marks. Now he's got the preseason under his belt. This is the competition's going to actually know about Sam Draper. And he's got 107 kegs behind him as well, too. So he's not some little spring chicken. All righty. Okay, fellas. I say it. Okay. Let's have a look at it. let's, Let's put the money where the mouth is. Let's say it where it is. In 2021, where are the Essendon Bombers going to finish on the AFL ladder? And I'm going to start. With you, Scott. Oh, and no. I'm going to finish with uh, Grant. All right. All right. We've gone through so much. Where are you going to finish? I've got us finished. Pessimist, McNeese. <laughs> I'm, I'm very comfortable with this, but I've got us finishing 12th. Okay, 12th. Uh, right. uh, I, I, I just don't see our forward line um, just being a threat on on most games, uh, and I think scoreboard pressure will mean a lot. And I just think in, in many games we're just not going to be able to do that. Twelfth uh, would twelfth so, would pretty much put you where you are now. Yeah, we're thirteenth last year, so I've got us up one. I think we're going to have some better patches and be more consistent in games. I just think actually winning games. I still think uh, it, it may end up that we're eleventh or twelfth. I've got us twelfth. Yeah. And and don't don't 
make a, don't underestimate the whole hub life situation, how that made it difficult for everybody across the board. Okay. So oh, getting huge. back, getting yeah. back to your, um, your ceremonial home of Marvel stadium or whatever it's called this week is going to make a massive difference mm-hmm. for you trying to steal games off the Melbourne football club and Fremantle by going over to the MCG. Well, you know, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but no, I, I do think getting back on the G, getting back at Marvel Stadium, where you play your best football, um, and those familiar surroundings are going to make a massive, yeah, a massive difference. All right, so you, you've gone twelve, Grant. Where are you putting them? My heart tells me third. <laughs> um, I want to say third uh, because look, it's the Dons, but. So I have to sort of bring myself down to Scotty's sort of, I don't know, realistic. Um, I like to call it the Mark Neald reality bus. So get on Mark Neald reality bus and where are you going to finish? That's the way I look at it. If I jump on and pay my ticket on the Mark Neald reality bus, um, look, I have a higher expectation than Scotty. That's clear. Um, I think – that the level of uh, clarity that Truck brings to the game plan, having lost the guys that we've lost is a is a bummer, but ninety the majority of them didn't play for us forever. I have us at ten. Okay. Honestly, I have us at ten, and that's that's because I think we're going to have a better season than than people think because of Hurley's a big loss. Hurley is a big mm. loss, but. Um, a clearer, a clearer game plan for me and a clearer understanding of what is required from the players on a game-to-game basis I think is worth a hell of a lot. So I, I, I'm going for um, – I'll probably put my money on 10th mm-hmm. and my heart on 3rd. Well, so why don't we just call it in the middle and make it 7th? <laughs> Seventh, all right. No, we'll no, no, no. Now, I, 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 reckon that, I reckon you're going to make a good run. I actually had you in the bottom four, I must admit, but after talking about it with you guys, it might See? actually be – I might actually be 100% incorrect and it, it could actually be bottom. Um, so, <laughs> no, I, th- I think oh, – I, I, I reckon, I reckon you'll be around the – no, I honestly <laughs> reckon – honestly, I reckon you will be that 10 to 13. I reckon 10 to 13. There's just so the, – and the thing is, it's nothing against you guys. It's just that the quality of teams around you is just getting better as well too. So even as you're getting better, everybody else is getting better. It's just getting tougher and tougher to mix. All right. This is now – I always say this. Let's put the agates on the chopping board, fellas. All right. We're taking the Essendon hat off and we're putting our just AFL supporters on. Let's go one-word answers here. Who's going to win the premiership? Uh, Grant. Essendon. <laughs> No, sorry, I'm sorry. Premier, the Premiership. Sorry, okay, sorry. The Premiership. Uh, one word answer. Um, and a Port Adelaide or a team with two words classifies as a one word answer. Okay, Geelong. Geelong, beautiful, Scotty. Brisbane. Once again, those two have come up quite a number of times over the, the number of we've done. So there is a bit of a. <laughs> I think it's all because I think it's all because we don't want Brisbane to win another one because we're bores. I still think they're the best team and they'll probably win, but Brisbane, I'll go is the no one's just been able to crack the, they haven't been able to crack the system yet, have they? They haven't been able to work it out. Don't don't Sadly, try and play I Richmond's system if you don't have the players for it. That's that's the biggest Jeremy, tip that I could pass on. Brownlow Cameron puts them over the top. Who's gonna win the Brown Low? Dustin Martin. Dusty? Um real good question. Uh yeah, Dusty. Dusty. Okay. What's old mate from Frio's name? Actually, sorry, five. Five, five. is looking good, isn't he? Yeah, five. <laughs> if, if, I, if I'm chucking money on it, I'm going to say five. 
Yeah. Okay. Not Michael Walters. But Dusty, Dusty with a with a bad H Y. Yeah, but he's got good tats. So that's probably why he stands out as well too. Yeah. Yeah. That and I don't Not want my to cap of tea, but Coleman medalist. Do you think there's going to be a Coleman medalist? And I will say there has been a couple of Coleman's mentioning your guy. Um, or no longer your guy, Mr. Danaher up north. The way just he looked on the weekend might get a little bit scary if he if he yeah, if he keeps fit. But if it kicks straight up, then he's definitely capable. Well, yeah, just um, make sure he's having shots from outside fifty, and he's probably going to ping it, put him yeah. within thirty. He's not thinking about it; he'll kick it. You'll be hitting the co- it, you'll be hitting the guy yelling out "Coke and ice creams" going up aisle forty three at at the Gabba. Uh-huh. That's how he sprays him. So, um, who do you reckon, Scotty? Um. I'm going to go a bit of a – I'm going to go Josh Kennedy. I still rate him as is as yep. probably the best forward when he's fully fit and playing most games. And I still I rate the Eagles quite highly. So I, I still going to go Josh Kennedy. Beautiful. Uh, Grant, what do you reckon? I'm going to go for a tie between Charlie Dixon mm-hmm. and <laughs> – Oops, sorry. Listen, hey. Charlie Dixon and – That's the second time Charlie Dixon's come up. And you go and say yeah. – you go and laugh at his face, Scotty, and we'll see how you come out. Exactly right, Charlie Dixon or um, that whichever King Kitty is at St Kilda. Uh, Max. Max. Yep. Good. Nice pickup. Nice pickup. All right. Couple of quick, quick questions for you. Once again, couple of quick hands that I'd like to throw out. Uh, first of all, best Essendon player that you've ever seen. We did a we did a we did a countdown on this. Who was number one, Scotty? No, individual, uh, individual. If you could go, mate, gun, best I've ever seen. James Heard by far. James Heard? Uh, yeah. That I've seen witness, James Heard. Not Darren James Heard. No. Yeah, it's James Heard. Brad Fox? No, James Heard. Yeah, no. Michael Werner? I think most Essendon fans, Tim Watson's a close second inside men's a close third. All right. If there was one player from any other team that you would love to have at your club, who would it be? Glenn Archer. Yep. No, they're, they're going to be playing now. They're playing now. <laughs> Would help if they were playing now. Like, <laughs> you might be able to get them on the geriatric draft. Well, then, um, playing but now. I would take uh, Archer too, yep. Ollie Wines. Oh, nice. Haven't had that one. Scotty? Uh, oh, look, uh, mine's probably more predictable, but I, I, I think he's the closest thing I've seen to Heard, and that's Fife. Uh, I just, I'd love him at our club. Fair enough. Fair enough. And um, if you could back for any other team outside of Essendon, which is probably going to be hard, who would it be? The Philadelphia 76ers. Fair go with that. <laughs> no. no, look, if, it's funny enough. If I This year I watched, I loved watching Brisbane play. Yep. And now I cannot back them at all because of an obvious reason. Just, uh, just don't back them. I love, look, I, I love the way they play. Yep. I love, I, I think exciting footy plays it. Teams to take the game on, um, I love. And I thought Port Adelaide were the same. Some of Port Adelaide's games were, were exhilarating. So, yeah, so I'll, look, I'll go Brisbane, uh, even though I want them to fail. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got Philadelphia 76ers from, from Chris. Well, no, it was on, on, the, on the AFL front, I played uh, for the mighty South Croydon Bulldogs. So, uh, They've always been my second team, the Dogs. So I'll probably uh, I'll probably go with the Dogs. Beautiful. All right, now guys, I have one last question for you. And it simply comes down to this, gentlemen. I can't thank you enough. Sorry, I'll ask my question in a moment. I can't thank you enough. I'll tell you what. For everybody who's listening, this is a bring, this is going to be the most comprehensive 
Essendon preview you're going to get. Don't worry about your footyologies. Don't worry about the, the rush hour. And don't worry about SEM because all they do is sell betting ads these days. You get on Lace Out and you partner up with a cracking podcast, the Lunchtime Catch-Up. You meet the good old fellas, Scotty. You've got Grantos uh, with us as well too. Fellas, quick question I have for you. Uh, how often tell all the tell the listeners about your podcast, where they can listen to you, how often you publish? Go, Grant. Uh, well, I mean, okay, the lunchtime catch up <laughs> podcast. The, <laughs> the lunchtime catch up podcast is like you said. It's Scotty and I. Um, we pretty much post um, after every game. We do an Essendon review um, of the game. Yep. Sorry. Yeah, and team changes Thursdays. Yeah, and- we also um, we also do a team changes. Um, uh, team Changes show, we have a Patreon. Check us out on uh, the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast forward slash Patreon where there's some exclusive um, extra content for us as well. You can get us on the Facebook page, Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast on the Facebook page. You can get us on Instagram at the same. Um, you can find us on Twitter. You can, we don't. We couldn't get the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast. We can only get um, Lunch Catch-Up on Twitter. So check us out there. Um Scotty's uh, Scooter McNeese on uh, or Scooter on um, Twitter as well, and I'm not on those. But uh, check us out. Um, get us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, the whole nine yards, and, and just all quickly, and all good local bookshops. And look, just and just for for any Essendon fans listening to the show, we just had actually Truck as a half an hour guest only a couple of weeks ago. So if you want to hear a rundown of 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 how the preseason looked, we had a one on one conversation with him there's there's premiership reunion shows there's heaps of guests ceos on assistant coaches on so it's the it's it's a great essence podcast and i'll put all the links in and i'll put all those links in the show notes and everything for everybody because you know what after tonight if they're not tuning in you're a nut because these guys are rippers so fellas look essence supporters there is your 2021 season preview the lunchtime catch-up guys have delivered it an abs they've delivered it on a platter They've delivered it just like the big fella, tapping it down to Mr. Draper and the midfielders on a silver platter. But, fellas, there is one last question I have to ask you, and, and it's just simply this. Scooter, Grantos Flavorous Maximus the Third, how do you want your footy? Mate, lace that. Have a great night, listeners. Enjoy it, and go Bombers for season 2021. Never thought I'd say that. Thanks, Grace. Thanks for listening to our latest episode. If you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. I'm your host, Chris Pepper, and with Jamie Wallace, we give you your footy how you want it. Ice out. I just wanted just to let you know one last thing before we wrap up. Uh, it has been 6,023 days since your last finals appearance. Yeah, thanks very much. How many days for Melbourne? It's 14,000. Uh, a couple yeah, of years. Um, yeah. the, the abacus doesn't go that far back. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> carry, carry the nine. Carry the nine. <laughs>